Happy Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats. All right. Instilling toughness is something that a lot of people are talking about with Arizona basketball. Let's get started here and let's see what that really means and how it uh, uh, means for Arizona Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, I've generally thought, and I still do to a certain extent, that it's somewhat overblown the criticisms of Tommy Lloyd when it comes to uh, rec- uh, when it comes to toughness, and you know I don't need and instilling it in his players. I don't need my coach screaming and you know throwing f bombs left and right at officials, uh, players. We saw that with Sean Miller. I don't like it. Now again, I think some people are okay with it, but I don't like it. Um, I just think that it's a, a bad look, and I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary. But I do think that he does need to tighten a few things up. Um, I am not. Oh, I'm not a fan of him letting him uh, call his players Tommy because I think a little bit. And again, this is just my opinion. But I think a little bit of that um, starts to blur the line between coach and player, and I'm not thrilled about that. As a matter of fact, I don't think that's a great idea. You know, it's kind of like when you. Uh, it's like the parent that tries to be. Uh, the the friend first and then the father second. No, you're the father first. And Tommy Lloyd's their coach first. And I think it kind of shows, though, a little bit, too, when you watch this team. And Kirk Reese is just kind of – it doesn't really feel like they're worried about being held to account. And, again, i got to keep prefacing this by saying that I am obviously a massive Tommy Lloyd fan. But at the end of the day, this is also a um, – this is also a team that, or, you know, this is also a group of guys that I think probably got away with stuff a little too long. And I think they got need to be held accountable right there. I'm not. So again, I mean, that's a little, little thing right there, but I think it also kind of means something big term. I'm also would love to see this team actually get physical and by getting physical, I mean, not just chirping at the refs, because again, that's something that bothers me a little bit too. Chirping at the refs is to me annoying because that is a coach's job. Um, whereas with uh, players, you know, or with players, you know, listen. If you're going to get into it with a, a you know, coach from or a, you know, a, a, an official or a, a player from time to time, okay. But it can't just be constant. With Arizona, it's pretty much constant. I don't like that. I'd like to see that cut out a little bit. But I also think too that these are some of the things that Tommy Lloyd and again. You know, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I also think these are some of the things, too, that Tommy Lloyd is going to start figuring out here, probably start figuring out here pretty quickly. Um, because, again, it's it, we're kind of at the stage right now where it's almost survival of the fittest to a certain degree. And, you know, again, this guy wants to win. And I think you're also finding out, and John Schuster made this point as well, I think you're also finding out that this team right now is, a, uh, is at the point where – you know, you're, um, you're, this team is at the point where, um, 
it's kind of a crossroads in a way because you know that Lloyd is such a good coach that they're going to be able to win games. But I think what you also kind of wonder about, though, is are they going to take that next step? Are they going to become physically tough? Are they going to become that group of guys who, you know, not who start to embrace the moment right there instead of shrinking away from it? And again, I don't like saying that. But, I mean, I think it's fair to say that this team has uh, shrunk from the moment, at least this core group of guys. Uh, and it starts like we talked about before with the Julius Tabellis. Um, Tabellis is not a big game player, per se. He does not necessarily want that ball at the end. I think we've seen this enough to know that, um, yeah, you know, that's just kind of who he is. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But, again, just kind of is who he is. He's that secondary option right there. And uh, not only is he that secondary option, he's that guy that, you know, is probably good for you carrying the load for 25, 28, 30 minutes. But he needs somebody at the end of the game that really wants to break, uh, take, embrace that moment. Because, again, Zoo right now, I think it's fair to say, is just not that dude. And again, it's not the worst thing in the world. Not beating up on the kid because, obviously, he's a great player. And by all accounts, he's a good kid as well. But there are some guys that are just built a little bit differently, and he's just not built like that. Um, but I think Lloyd does need to look at this roster, though, and see who really wants it, who doesn't really want it, and then you kind of adjust accordingly to that. And, you know, honestly, that's kind of where I think Arizona is in the grand scheme of where that is. Now, the uh, we're going to talk some Arizona football here and some Arizona women's basketball here in just a minute. But this team also, I think, is uh, kind of at the point where – you know exactly where, um, you know exactly, you know, who's who and what's not. And that would be another thing. We've talked about it before, bringing in uh, athletic guys in the transfer portal. Uh, but these guys also, I think, need to be tough. They need to be willing to take on more of a, more of a kind of a grimy, grunt type, you know, mentality right there that I don't know that uh, many people on this team have. And again, I think with the Julius Tabella, or excuse me, I think a guy like Umar Ballo certainly has it. Um, but there are other guys out there that I do kind of question where exactly that, where and if they have that killer streak right there. And that's where we're, uh, that's where I think you got to look at. Okay. Now we're going to talk a little bit of Arizona football here. We're going to sprinkle this in throughout the week, but first, um, we got to talk about the quarterback spot because spring football is here. And not only is spring football here, it is back with a vengeance. And the first thing that I think we need to talk about is... Let's talk about the. Uh, let's talk about where Arizona is in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the quarterback position. There's not many times that I can say this, but I can say this very, very well um, that uh, Arizona has one of the best quarterback situations in the entire conference. And honestly, I'm not sure that it doesn't have one of the top two or three best. When you look at depth, when you look at talent, when you look at where everything is with the Wildcats now. USC with Caleb Williams is obviously the uh, – that's kind of the gold standard right there um, because, again, this is a Heisman uh, caliber type – well, he is a Heisman caliber type player, and he's got, loaded, uh, he's got a loaded team around him, and he's also got coaches that you know know what they're doing as far as getting guys accolades, getting guys into the NFL. Um, he is really, really good. Um, so that goes without saying. But then after that, it becomes kind of fascinating. Um it becomes kind of fascinating, though, because, you know, listen, you could probably say Michael Penix is better than uh, Jaden Delora, and I would go with that. Maybe even Bo Nix. Cool. But then after that, you got Noah Fafita, 
who absolutely love on this show, as everybody uh, knows, big fans, huge fans of Noah Fafita on this show. Um, and, you know, when he's played, he's shown that he's got that ability to be able to take his game to the next level. And not only does he have that ability to take his game to the next level, he has shown it time and time and time again um, that, you know, that's kind of where he's at. Um, and I don't really care, and we've talked about this before, I don't really care that he doesn't have a great um, – that he doesn't have a, uh, that, you know, again, that he's not the tallest guy in the world. The only time I care about that is when you start getting balls knocked down at the uh, line of scrimmage. And so far, we haven't really seen that. Some guys are like that. Drew Brees was a shorter quarterback, but there were st- all kinds of stats out there that showed that bigger guys had uh, m- m- taller quarterbacks many times had their uh, uh, balls batted down more than Drew Brees did. So, again, that's something that uh, I think a lot of people need to keep in mind, though, when they're talking about. They're talking about quarterbacks and their height. And as far as uh, the arm strength goes, the arm strength is fantastic. The arm strength is not only um, the arm strength is uh, not only uh, next level. It uh, he has touch with the ball. He's you can tell that he's a coach's son. You can tell that they well uh, they weren't uh, put him together very very well right there. And um, he is a uh, he's a player that. Um, um, you know, I think at this stage, it's fair to say that uh, um, he's, you know, he's pretty, he's a pretty good player right there. Then Braden Dorman, very excited to see Braden Dorman because he's a little bit different than uh, the other guys that Arizona has on the roster. And what I mean by that is he's got, he's a bigger dude, um, and he's more of your, your uh, he's more of your typical, uh, he's kind of more of your typical, you know, drop back, um, you know, Big time, uh, big time thrower who can make some real big, really big throws out there. And again, he's also kind of where I think Tommy Lloyd has shown that he's got the ability to, um, you know, be able to make plays throughout the field. Or you know, I don't know, Tommy Lloyd, Jed Fish. He's got the ability to be able to wing the ball all over the field, and that's what you want. So you've got three different kinds of quarterbacks there. Obviously, Jaden Delore is a little bit closer to uh, what Noah Fafita is, but. You know, these are uh, still guys, though, that I think have, uh, you know, all unique skill sets. And honestly, I think it's a real testament to what Jed Fish has been able to do, that you could have three quarterbacks in there like that. And uh, not only have three quarterbacks in there like that, but three guys that can, um, uh, three guys in there that can, uh, you know, make plays in a variety of ways. Because how many times have we talked about it before? How many times have we talked about it before where Arizona is, um, you know, you got one good quarterback. It's kind of the Willie Tui Tama thing. You got one good quarterback, and then after that, you're basically uh, you're basically messed up. And, um, you know, that's kind of where, uh, that's kind of where um, Arizona's been in the past. But you don't have to throw Adam Austin out there, and that is with all due respect to Adam Austin. But – um, that is, uh, you know, that's a, uh, that's a situation though with, um, Arizona where, you know, um, uh, Arizona is very good there. Now let's talk about the running back position right there. Now we'll also love the running back position as well. Um, with the, uh, with running back spot, you have, um, you've got three guys that can all play. Sound familiar? Sounds like the quarterback. Uh, sounds like the quarterback thing. 
where you've got uh, um, you've got uh, you know Michael Wiley, Jonah Coleman, DJ Williams, all three of those guys super super good. And not only are all three of those guys super super good, um, but they all bring a little bit of a different quality. Michael Wiley is the jack of all trades. He's the best back on. He's not probably the most physically talented back but he is the best back on the roster because he can catch out of the backfield. He can block, he can break things. He, uh, I didn't think this when they brought him in, but I think that he can, uh, I think there's a legitimate chance that he could play in the, that he could play in the NFL. And I think he made a good decision by coming back. Um, only going to improve that stock. And I'm guessing the coaches probably told him that he would take on a ton of the load. And then Jonah Coleman, you watch Jonah, Jonah's beast. I mean, you know, he's built low to the ground. He's about five foot eight. He's probably about 215 pounds, but he's put together incredibly well. And not only is he put together well, um, you look at him and he wants it. You watch some of those weight room videos that our good buddy Lamont Lovett um, has sent. And, you know, he's squatting, you know, and he's just calling it baby food right there. I mean, it's, it's impressive stuff. And then DJ Williams, as we've talked about, he is a guy that, you know, he's probably the most physically talented back on the one roster. He's the guy that, quite frankly, I'd like to see play a little bit more, not a little bit less. Um, but he's very good. And um, all three of these guys, though, they all bring in a little bit of a different of a different vibe. So that's kind of your quarterbacks and that's your running back spot. All right. But also, let's talk about FanDuel. All right. Now, FanDuel, um, this is the time of the year that you want to bet. Because again, you've got uh, um, you got college basketball going on. You've got uh, uh, you got the NBA. You got baseball. You got ho- I mean I mean heck, you got hockey. I don't know anything about hockey, but you know what? Even if you don't know anything about sports, it makes it far more interesting though when you're able to bet on uh, when you're able to bet on sports that you don't even know about. Because and it's more interesting. Now again, you're probably going to want to uh, know what you're betting on. But, again, it makes it more interesting. That's why FanDuel.com backslash LockedOnCollege is there. Very, very privileged to have our good friends uh, back in this right there. But, again, backslash uh, LockedOn or FanDuel.com backslash LockedOnCollege. Okay. Now, we're going to take a quick, quick break, and we're going to talk tight ends and a little bit of Arizona women's basketball. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now let's talk. Uh, let's talk some tight ends, and we're going to get to the wide receivers tomorrow, and then we're going to get the wide receivers line on both sides, and we're just going to keep going from there. But at the uh, tight end position, I think that's a very, very interesting spot because now you've got Tanner McLaughlin, you've got uh, Kean Burnett, and not only do you have those guys, but those uh, those guys I think are going to make that next step. And this is a big testament to the development of uh, players by this U of A coaching staff. Let's be honest here. Uh, McLaughlin is a guy from Southern Utah. Never uh, didn't expect anything from Southern Utah, to be honest with you. And he is uh, he has been a beast in uh, not so many words. He's done everything there that Arizona needs him to do and more. That's what's been really impressive about Tanner McLaughlin. And, um, you know, from catching the ball to blocking to, uh, you know, you name it. And then Keen Burnett, people forget, and this is also a testament to Jed Fish, that Keen Burnett came in here as a uh, four-star tight end, ex-USC commit, and then 
not only was he an ex-USC commit, um, but, you know, a high four-star kid, could have played anywhere he wanted. Didn't get on the field a ton this year, but I think you're going to see with Jed Fish, I think you're going to see him get Kean Burnett on the field more. And if you get Kean Burnett on the field more, I think that that's going to be a great thing because I think he's a little bit more explosive, a little bit more athletic than Tanner McLaughlin. And I think that that just makes the wide receivers' jobs even easier. The wide receivers, who we're going to talk about more tomorrow, Okay. All right. That's called a tease right there, my friends. That's called a tease. Okay. Now let's take a quick break. We'll come back with you and we're going to talk some Arizona women's basketball. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Let's talk a little bit Arizona women's basketball right here. All right. And again, I don't want to jump. uh, I don't want to jump the shark as it's so-called, but next year is the year where I think uh, Adia Barnes starts to really make that move from top 25 back into the real nation's elite because you've got, um, you've got a, you've got a group of uh, players coming in. You've got three top 15 players. It's her best class. So you got Jada Williams, who we all know is a mega recruit. And not only is she a mega recruit, she is looked on. She is a uh, player. The LeBron James has been to her games. Um, She is just a, you know, and she's a point guard. She's the first real point guard that I think Arizona's had that um, is, and quite a while, that is a true point guard. That's where it's uh, that's where it gets interesting. And then you've got uh, 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 Brea Cunningham. Now her and uh, Montoya Du are kind of Montoya Du are kind of uh, you know a little bit similar and obviously different at the same time. And that they both bring a little bit of height into the equation. These aren't the smallest. Uh, these aren't you know your typical small players right here. These are uh, these are players that are coming in that are a little bit inside out and both have some real potential, some real strength to their game. Um, but you mix them in with Kaylin Gilbert, with Paris Clark, with Lamaya Hilton, Maya Najee, and then you start building a little bit of that foundation there to get back to the nation's elite. You know, and again, a lot of times with recruiting, as we've talked about, it takes, you know, it takes a class upon class. Uh, the ones, I think the coaches that really kind of miss the ball are the ones that, uh, you know, they get one good class and then they fall off from there. And um, that that is uh, that is a little bit of the concern that I think a lot of people have when it comes to uh um, when it comes to recruiting, but Adia Barnes is a lot like Sean Miller in that regard. She's a lot like Sean Miller in a lot of different ways, to be honest with you. But she's a lot like Sean Miller in that regard that she um, she understands the importance of recruiting and she connects with players. Um, players want to play for her. She's able to sell a message and she gets them. And I think that's. But it's also going to take this next, uh, you know, this next I think season to be able to really do that right there. But I do expect Arizona to return to the nation's elite sooner than later, because I think now you're at the point with Arizona where you're just going to keep stockpiling recruiting class after recruiting class after recruiting class. And when you do that, good things happen for you. But again, all big picture, things are very, very, very bright for Arizona women's basketball. Okay. Now, we're going to be back with you tomorrow. We're going to go heavy on Arizona football tomorrow. We're going to break down the wide receiver position, the offensive line, the defensive line, and we might even get in a little bit to the uh, uh, linebackers and uh, 
DBs will probably be the following day, and then what season expectations should be for the University of Arizona. But as always, you have a great Tuesday. I am your host, Mike Luke. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats. Appreciate all your support. We will be back with you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.